I actually have um, Andrew, uh, a, a guy I used to teach in my department, who um, he's communicated with you on Twitter a lot. He actually texted me a question. At Mr. Kaz. At Mr. Kaz. He's a good friend of mine. He wanted me to ask you a question specifically, and he wants to know how to do standard-based grading within the traditional grading system. Is there, some, is there like tips and tricks or something that that might be helpful for teachers who are trying to, to, to mold within the constraints of the, the system? And our time is up. Thank you all for playing the game. It's been great to have you, Rick. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. No, no. Andrew is is wonderful, and I appreciate all his contributions online. He's. I would be lucky to have my own children in his class, based on what I, I read of him, and hear it in his. He's commentary. awesome. He's really good. But um, I got to tell you, there are lots of things you can do. I mean, you know, let's say you're not standards based. Oh well, no. We do things in the microcosm of our class that we need to do to be ethical with our kids, and we translate that into the school district's language so we can keep our job. But we also volunteer to be on the committee to revise grading and reporting. So here are a couple of really cool nuggets. One, you become totally evidentiary. This might take a year or three. And what that means is you really seriously sit down and say, what is evidence of the different levels of proficiency? So what's evidence of mastery, of proficiency, of developing, of emergent, or whatever your categories are, you really sit down and you vet that. You calibrate it with subject-like colleagues. Right. And if you're the only one in the building who teaches that, there's a, there are two new things we have out there called the telephone and the Internet. <laughs> and you contact people at other schools and you say, okay, I'm the only one who teaches this, but talk to me, people. And then, of course, um, the, your subject associations will have lots of people willing to talk about it as well. So one is you really spend a heck of a lot of time saying, okay, when it comes to diffusion versus osmosis, what's excellent, what's <laughs> almost excellent, what's intellectually agile, skillfully versatile, and, and you really kind of nail it down. You focus down on it. That's one. Second, you really get into am I going to separate out my behavior, work habit stuff, from the final declaration of mastery of the stuff I tell everybody that I grade. Report cards are a contract between parents and schools. We think, uh, as a parent, that you're teaching this material. It's in the course curriculum. Right. So I think the grade speaks to that. If you put something else in there that is not in the course curriculum, you're knowingly falsifying the grade. So the teacher could say to an administrator, I'd like to pilot that makes everybody okay. That makes everybody excited. New program, they freak out. We just call it a pilot for the next 10 years, and it's good. (laughs) But um, I'm going to pilot having a separate addendum that will report, you know, that you uh, tutored young children, that you brought your supplies in a timely manner, that you meet deadlines, that you have a nice, neat notebook. All that stuff, I will give you a response, but it will be separated out from academics. That's a second great step. Third would be to develop some ideas, some parameters, over doing redos, but because it's the first steps, how about just doing redos for full credit, not partial credit, just for the four to eight power standards during an entire curriculum year. So for these, I will fight, and I'll do a redo maybe twice, and then I have to cut the line and move on or something. That's a great first step. But if you say no redos, you basically said, I'm okay, child, with your incompetence. (laughs) And I got to ask, when did incompetence become okay? Oh, yeah, never. Yeah. Was it okay? And that's not a positive legacy or gift to any child or any next generation is, hey, to prepare you for the next level, I'm going to make you completely incompetent. <laughs> not cool. No. Uh, those, would be, those would be the first things. And, of course, you know, doing a book study or at least read four articles on it where you just kind of weigh 
the pros and cons with this, or maybe you talk to some teachers who tried it a little bit. I can't, I, I mean, I've lost count. I really can't tell you how many times schools have told me it was a department. You know, it was a small group of teachers right. who decided to try it, and they gave testimony to the rest of the, the faculty, and then it really took on a life of its own. I will tell you, though, it was a big cautionary tale to leadership that almost all, every time standards-based grading dies is because the leadership did not spend significant enough time on building capacity mm. for that change. They just changed it. And I, I right. mean, you've, you've got a year or two to build up, and then you mandate you don't say, okay, you have to do it by this fall. And I, I got to tell you, I've had five schools tell me just recently that they were told three days before the start of school they were doing it like that, standards-based grading. Wow. And it was the first time they had ever heard of it. They were so upset. Oh, I mean, you're changing culture overnight. Right. That's, that's going to make anybody defensive. Yeah. All right, Rick, thank you so much. Uh, can you tell our audience uh, – what you've written recently, what you'd like them to read, where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you. All of those things, yeah, you have yeah. to do that right now. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, I hope you have at least, you know, 30 minutes for me to list. Yeah, we got another 30. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, here, here's the deal. Uh, I've got a new version of Fair Isn't Always Equal, the second edition. It's 11 years later. Classic, Coming yes. out the end of March, and that's from Stenhouse Publishers. So you're welcome to go to stenhouse.com, S-T-E-N house.com, okay. and look that up. And I've been tweeting about it. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, because we have lots of conversations about these things, it's just my full name spelled out with a two on the end. So that's at R-I-C-K-W-O-R-M-E-L-I-2. And then there's rickwarmly.com. So just spell out the name and add .com. And there's lots of places there where you can email me if you'd like. And, you know, the email address, if you want it, it's just a first initial and last name, rwarmly at coxcox.net. Uh, and then I, I've got articles in Ed Leadership. Um, the, one of my last books was The Collected Writings So Far, Rick Warmly, Crazy right. Good Stuff I Learned About Teaching Along the Way. And that's a whole bunch of articles I updated in a, on a variety of topics. I don't just talk about standards-based assessment sure. grading. There's, there's more to teaching than just that. Right? <laughs> All right, Rick. Well, one of the things that jumped out to me during the interview, um, and we certainly appreciate it as we know our audience does, is how you've referenced um, how this work is, is good for kids as they go forward, not, not looking behind at what they haven't been able to do, but what we're trying to contribute to their futures. Yep. So. Thank you so much. Uh, we are so psyched to have had you on. And um, on behalf of the boys, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Can I just say how grateful I am to know that Ed's not dead? Uh, yeah, it is not. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks. All right. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rick. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.